You're listening to a Big Finish production. So you're definitely onto a good thing. <laughs> this is the Big Finish podcast official hyperblast launch 29th of April in the year of the Mortoxian Badger. Nicely said there. There you are. We've been waiting for you. Come in, go on. Make yourself comfortable. Sit down over there. Put your feet up. Not on the table. I've no. just cleaned. Oh, there's always one, isn't there? Dear, dear. Well, anyway, make yourself comfortable because if you like audio drama, audiobooks, Doctor Who, science fiction, horror, that sort of thing, then this is the podcast for you. I'm Benji. He's Nick. Yeah. And that's about all you need to know. The Big Finish podcast is packed with all your favourite features, news, listeners' emails, the Randomoid Selectatron. We also have a guest star interview for you with Nicola Walker. Yeah, Nicola Walker. Brilliant. She's in everything, including some of our Doctor Who stuff. And we'll be giving you a 15-minute drama tease at the end of the podcast. This week, it's Sherlock Holmes' The Last Act by David Stewart Davies, in tribute to the late, great actor Roger Llewellyn, who sadly died recently and who gave a superb tour de force performance in this great one-man show. And there'll be the usual nonsense along the way, mixed up with some tantalising trailers and our competition results. Plus a new competition. It's all go. <sighs> but without further ado, do, 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 let's do the news, old boy. Ah, uh, why have not, old bean? So, coming up, the trailer for Star Cops, the 1980s space cop show that should never have been cancelled. We have the trailer for Callan, the smash hit ITV thriller series from the 1960s and 70s, brought back to life by the good old Big Finish Productions crew, of course. And actor Roger Llewellyn, an extraordinary actor who toured the world with his one-man Sherlock Holmes shows, and was, of course, Big Finish's first Sherlock Holmes. So to Star Cops. Starring original cast members David Calder as Nathan King, Trevor Cooper as Colin Davis, and Linda Newton as Pal Kenzie, it's the intriguing story of the challenges of humankind maintaining order throughout a network of space stations, satellites, and moon outposts. I don't know whether you can hear a moon outpost in the background here. There's just constant building right going <laughs> on next door to me. Uh, anyway, this is unlike this. Uh, Star Cops is set in the not too distant future. New cast members are Big Finish favorite. Racky Thakra, uh, Philip Olivier, and Andy Seacombe. Scripts are by Andrew Smith, Ian Potter, Christopher Hathrell, and Guy Adams. Here's the flipping trailer. Who the hell are you? I'm Shayla Moss, and this is my moon base. Who the hell are you? Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. My name is Nathan Spring. Moving forward on me. I'm the commander of the International Space Police Force. Return fire! better known as the Star Cops. I hate Star Cops! This is my colleague, Inspector Colin Davis. Evening. I'm gonna wring your scrawny neck! Inspector Pal Kenzie. G'day. Oh, I could kiss you, Kenzie. No change there, then. Chief Superintendent Priya Basu. Pleased to meet you. Get the gun! Get the gun! I got it! Inspector Paul Bailey. This is all new to me. You need to stop the other soul. Don't let him get away. We need to save your stupid ass first. What the hell was that? My name is Charles Hard, and I'm the leader of Mother Earth. Mother Earth? Those space-hating nutters. Mankind's home is Earth. Mother Earth have never gone this far before. We've reached losing air. We need to get out of this corridor now. This is only the beginning. Open the door, then! We're sealed in. Star Cops, Series 1. We've stepped it up a gear now. Big finish. We love stories. And Star Cops is out very soon indeed. Next month, actually. May in the space year 2018. Ah, yes, you hear that music. Up next, July's classic thriller of a release, Callan. As anyone of a certain generation will know, i.e. my generation and older, Callan was a big, big, hugely successful show for ITV back in the 1960s and 1970s. There was a spin-off movie. Oh, a spin-off movie. Yeah. Uh, well, a revival. Sort of, yeah. A spin-off. 
was a special in the in the 1980s. I think it was called Wet Job, funny enough. Anyway, moving on. It seriously was. Um, it made a star of the late Edward Woodward. And now, thanks to show creator James Mitchell's son, Peter Mitchell, Big Finish is bringing the series back. Peter has adapted some great short stories by his father, and we've provided acclaimed actor Ben Miles and the mega-famous, brilliant actor Frank Skinner to play Callan and Lonely, the two leading roles. And, and I was so excited when producer David Richardson asked me to play the spymaster boss, codenamed Hunter. I'd been involved in the sort of chats beforehand about getting the series going, but I didn't have enough time to direct or produce or anything like that. And then David said, how about you play a part in it and you get to be involved that way? My goodness, what a brilliant time we had in studio with some of the best scripts I've ever worked with in my all my time with the company. Anyway, here's the Bloomin' Trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Callan, Volume 1. Are you turn to shoot, Mr. Callan? I've got a job for you. Means travelling. Who with and how much? With me, you burk. And it's 100 nicker. What's to do? I want you to be my valet for the weekend. It says here you're to give me the file labelled Deadshot. It's a red file, David. Of course it is. They're the only ones I ever seem to get these days. It's just that he trusts you. He knows I'm expendable, you mean? According to Israeli intelligence, the Barmer job has been put out to contract. So why not let them handle it? Nobody handles anything here except me, Callan. Have you noticed anything strange about him recently? Why do you ask? Because he's sending me on a job up north, and he's insisting on coming with me. But he can't. It's against the rules. Is he dangerous, Mr. Kellen? Yes, old son. He kills people. Oh, my God. Don't move, Mr. Baumer. If you think I was good with a shotgun, you should see what I can do with this Magnum revolver. Six shots, three head, three heart. Good shooting, Mr. Kellen. You go for the pedestrian. I'll take the Merc. You gentlemen lost. Big finish. We love stories. I'll take two of those, please. Here. Cheers. And just a reminder that Callan is out in July. Pre-order now and it will drop straight into your Big Finish app on the day of the release. What do you mean you've never heard of the Big Finish app? It's brilliant and it's free. Just free. download it from the... It's free! Uh, just download <laughs> it from the App Store and you can have access to all your Big Finish releases on all your mobile devices. It's a game yes. changer, guys. Game exactly. changer. Consider that an advert for it. <laughs> and finally on the news, we were extremely sad to learn of the death of actor Roger Llewellyn, who stars in our first two Big Finish Sherlock Holmes releases. Roger was an incredible actor and a real character. The way uh, it came about that I met him is that my wife decided she saw a poster for this show uh, and it was on in Greenwich, which is near where we live. And uh, she um, she just booked tickets for it. I said, a one man show featuring (laughs) all the Conan Doyle stories. I thought that's either going to be incredible or really blooming awful. There were lots of great review quotes, but unbeknownst to me, she booked the tickets and we just went along and I just thought, one guy on stage for 90 minutes or <laughs> however long it was, do it, yeah, this could be a disaster. Well, you know, within seconds, all my doubts had gone. I just thought it was it, it just incredible. And by some circuitous route afterwards, I managed to get in touch with him. I didn't go round the stage door. I was a bit too starstruck for that. Um, uh, And said, you know, I would love to do... This is just begging for an audio adaptation. Not even an adaptation. It could just go on audio because I was watching it and I started to close my eyes occasionally and I just thought, none of this needs changing for audio because it's one man telling a story. Um, Anyway, uh, to tell you more about the, the show and the audio version... Um, here's Roger uh, chatting about his work when he came into Big Finish to perform his brilliant shows. This is Roger Llewellyn speaking. Uh, I am the actor who plays Sherlock Holmes and myriad other characters in both the uh, the last act and uh, the death and life of Sherlock Holmes, which have been put on audio CD by The Big Finish. 
Uh, it was a slight problem for me in the beginning because um, I'd sort of I'd been a straightforward leading man classical actor who sounded like this, really, all the time. Um, and indeed, when I played Sherlock Holmes in The Hound of the Baskervilles, that's what I sounded like. Uh, slightly, slightly um, more clipped than my, my own delivery, possibly, although not a lot. Um, and then I was required by David Stewart Davis's play, The Last Act, to play 13 characters. Now, I was not a character actor, and it was a cause of some trepidation to me as to how I was going to present these characters. I mean, you, it's a one-man show. I'm there for 95 minutes on my own with that play, playing 13 characters, and the audience must completely understand that you've changed your character. And sometimes these characters only have two lines. Um, and I did worry about it, and then I decided in the early hours of one morning of course it's not Roger that's doing the characters it's Sherlock Holmes because in the in the last act Sherlock goes back into his past with Watson and he conjures up some of the stories and the characters that they've they've met in their years together and he illustrates them by taking on their voices so I thought it's not me doing the voices it's Sherlock Holmes and if it's not any good it's not my fault it's his fault so that's how I chose the characters also because Whereas I, I really love playing this man because he is, he's a man of such extremes of character and personality. Um, but I'm not essentially a, a Sherlock Holmes buff by any manner of means. Um, I've obviously read all the stories and looked at a lot of pictures. Um, and I had seen Jeremy Brett uh, many years ago and I revered his work. Um, but I, rather than going through and trying to be the characters that Doyle had written, we were presenting this on a stage, and it had to appeal to somebody who said, Sherlock who? Now, apart from Papua New Guinea, possibly, I don't think there are many people who would ever say that. I did meet a ten-year-old boy recently who said, Sherlock who? He's actually the son of the man that writes the music, Simon Slater. Um, so I just decided in a very random, well, no, it was a specific way, but my own way, that um, Watson was born in Edinburgh, 1852, so he would retain his Edinburgh accent. Um, we have a, another doctor, and everybody knows all doctors come from Scotland. So Dr Mortimer is a great black beast, shaped like a hound but larger than any hound that mortal eye has rested on. He's Scottish. We have Inspector Hopkins, obviously Welsh, and I'm from South Wales, uh, burglars she's been taken in by burglars no doubt you've heard of them uh, we have a German who is obviously German that was quite easy um, I thought I was quite good at northern accents because I spent a lot of my repertory years up in Yorkshire and loved it and I decided to make young Captain Croker um, a, a very broad Yorkshire lad and that's how I chose the characters for the play and as we mentioned earlier, as a tribute to Roger, we'll be giving you the first 15 minutes of his superb performance in Sherlock Holmes' The Last Act by David Stuart Davies at the end of this podcast. And well worth a listen, I can tell you. And on that note, it's the end of the news this week. What better way to end than with some Sherlock Holmes? So, I think it's only fair that I call a horse and carriage for the news and send it straight off to Baker Street. <laughs> Off you go now. Whoa, whoa. Very nicely done. <laughs> Superb. Don't forget, our guest star interview is with the incredible, the wonderful, I can hear you blushing actor, uh, Nicola Walker. That's coming up soon. But before that, hold on to your keyboards. It's only listeners' emails. If you want to tell us something, ask us anything, or just express yourself electronically, uh, this is your safe space. That's so calling all robots. Um, and as many of you know, I just love it. I love an email. And what do I love? Well, I love an email, of course. I do, I do, I do. And to join in, all you have to do is to email us at podcast at bigfinish.com. Simple as that. No fuss, no frills. Just get typing and we'll get reading. So first up, this rasp blended email from Adam Graham oh. to the voice of Sherlock Holmes and the voice of Cat Weasel to the new millennium known to their mothers as Nick and Benji well, I hope, they, I hope they, they know us as that 
my, my mother knows me as John and I don't know why um, <laughs> strange um, even interestingly enough my grandfather's uh, his name's Henry but he's just called Dave and I have no idea why and Goodness just me. things like that happen you know weird weird things weird weird, thing, weird things uh, carrying on with the email here anyway I must correct something said on a recent podcast Nick said oh, yeah. that the story Dan Starkey wrote for the upcoming fourth Doctor season 7b would be his first writing for Doctor Who actually mm. Dan co-wrote Terror of the Sontarans with John mm. Dorney and also wrote the short trip The Authentic Experience it shows what I know eh what a what a blithering idiot! You, I suppose you I meant fool, solo you old script. fool. <laughs> but yes, I'd forgotten about the authentic experience as well. Doubly wrong, Briggs. Buck up! Uh, buck, buck up from the man himself there. Uh, carrying on with the email, I listened to the master of Blackstone Grange and found it to be another great Jonathan Barnes box set. Nick and Richard Earle are a delight to listen to as Holmes and Watson, and Jonathan Barnes manages to write big, epic stories that still manage to ring true to the characters. However, I do have one issue. The music was also superb, and I found myself disappointed when I saw No Music Suite on the release. But then I listened to the extras, and Nick said that we would be able to go to the website and download Jamie Robertson's music, and I rushed over there. To my dismay, I found that the only thing available was a small suite from the Fleet Street Transparency. Now, let me be clear. That suite is a nice little bit of music, but it's so seasonal, it's risky to listen to at any other time of the year. On the day I listened to it, it snowed in mid-April in the high desert of Idaho. Coincidence? <laughs> no, it's just that seasonal. <laughs> Jamie Robertson can affect the weather. He can. It's he's, true. He's a clever guy. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, he has superpowers. He does. He does indeed. Uh, so, uh, please tell me that we'll get a bit of Jamie Robertson's music from the Master of Blackstone Grange as a download. If not, maybe we could get a little bit of it in the podcast. That's from Adam Graham. Boys, Boise, Idol. Yeah, Boise. sent from Moore near Baskerville Hall. Or Baskerville <laughs> Hall. I think, yes, it is Boise. He's putting in brackets that you pronounce it Boise. Boise. Boys. Yeah, hey, Boise. Boise. Boise, Boise, bye. Hello there, Delboy. Boise. Um, yeah, I'm really sorry about that. My, I'm sure my instruction was for the music for the whole production to be available as part of the download, but that clearly never happened. I'm really, really sorry. I'll see what I can do about that. Uh, next up, this one from Betsy Jones. Hello, Betsy. Hello, Briggsy and Labonge. No, just Labonge. Uh, says Betsy I'm so glad you'll both be at Big Finish Day as if they could keep you away she adds <laughs> in brackets to celebrate turning 50 this year you youngster you I've got six nearly seven years on you I'm planning my first visit to the UK and the ticket for Big Finish Day just makes it that much sweeter isn't that amazing that's You're coming awesome to the, UK for that. Oh, the, the pressure's on now to make it at least acceptable <laughs> it will be I'm sure I'm sure uh, I can't wait to meet all the friends I've gained through Who and Big Finish uh, will you fellas indeed be doing a live podcast at the quad as rumoured well it should be a memorable one and I think you need a theme for your road trip in the van <laughs> the Briggs Clifford swag tour what's that what is that emoji it looks like someone dribbling I don't I can't. I, can't anyway. I can just see a square. They don't send oh, right. through they word don't, documents to me. Yeah, uh, it's all a mystery. Um, it's all Greek to me. It's a mystery, a mystery. Uh, uh, well, um, yes, we definitely need to record a podcast on our road trip in the hired van. Definitely, we? definitely. definitely. Um, whether we're the podcast won't be live. We'll record a podcast at the uh, at the quad. Uh, Nick, I enjoyed chatting about favourite big finish stories. We, uh, at last year at Regeneration Who during the Sunday morning coffee event I now have to change my vote to the Fifth Doctor eSpace trilogy beyond fabulous mm. uh, Benji your May Day celebrations <laughs> sound fab oh, I think they sounded disturbing uh, just remember video or did it happen sorry just remember video or it didn't happen 
And the, the, the little emojis, you thingies, you can't see here, Benji. There's a, a camcorder, a film camera, a film projector and uh, some film. And please Excellent. grace us with more of your Mark Bolan dabadoo and singing monks. I was listening to a lot of Mark Bolan um, this weekend, actually, when I was building you this used desk. To be quite harsh about him, but you've gone full love him. Pelt, I've love gone him full, now, full into the uh, the Mark Bolan uh, stuff. Yeah, do uh, the monks. What, 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 monks. What, when did yeah, I do that's the how you did it last time. <laughs> Dorimino it starts to go a bit Pavarotti could you do it? now a combination of Mark Bolan and the monks together dance Hoochie monkey coochie mama what? wait hold on um, you've got to ride a white swan <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't think ride a white swan do do ba 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 do 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 ba do ba do ba just Morrissey isn't it <laughs> two lovers in twine stuff it with the Morrissey I can hear his lawyers uh, just bashing the door down. Thank you both for all the laughs, TV history tidbits and Big Finish updates every week. It's like listening to old tapes of me and my brother with our trusty tape recorder in the 70s. May the giggles and snickers never end. It's a never-ending snicker. There's a thought for a chocolate bar. I'm well, munching through this Snickers. It's just never ending. Could all, uh, you sorry, could, you could do a charity so marathon for that. <laughs> see what I did there? See what I did there? Some of our listeners will be all at sea, don't mind. Uh, sorry this was so long. Are you talking about the Snickers or the email? Uh, just glad I found Big Finish and the podcast. Yeah, we're glad you found us. See you in November. Tar Betsy sent from my iPhone. Well done, Betsy. Thank you for that. Thank you very Heavens much. Heavens to Betsy. <laughs> i tell you what I was thinking as well, say about doing a, a podcast at the quad. We're going to have a quadcast, aren't we? That's that's what we'll call it. The special, we'll call it the special if you, quadcast. If you, as it were, oh, if you will. Oh, superb, <laughs> super. How does he do it? Uh, so finally then, this one from Barbara K... We going for Kegel? Kaggle? I'd say Kegel. Kegel. I want to say Kegel. Kegel. <laughs> this one from Barbara Kegel. She's waterproof anyway. That's the main thing. Yeah, that's the most important thing. Useful things to have, kegels. Um, hey, BFFs. Uh, like it. BFF to you too. Um, it's been a while since I've felt compelled to write, but have just finished At A Girl. So good. It brought, it brought me to tears in a few spots. Thank goodness that I was on a walk with the dogs when no one could see me. It's, oh. It truly is wonderful in every way, especially appropriate after the, after the last year gave us the first female doctor. Although I sort of count Missy as the first female doctor since she did impersonate him slash her for a few minutes. Uh, the first blockbuster superhero movie starring and directed by a woman, Wonder Woman, and of course the Me Too movement as well. Kudos, 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 Louise Jameson and Helen Goldwyn in particular just keep going from strength to strength, don't they? Mm-hmm. I thought I wasn't the only one who hadn't heard of these remarkable women until I heard so many of the cast and crew in the behind the scenes segment say that they hadn't either. Even the behind the scenes had me tearing up, listening to the inspirations behind the stories, how ironic and sad that they achieved equal pay for equal work. And here we are nearly 80 years later and we still struggle to achieve the same thing. It's crazy, isn't it? Although I trust Big Finish is also equal pay for equal work. Absolutely. Totally. There we go, you've heard... pay some of the women more. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Barbara asks here, uh, is there any more plans, please? I'm behind in the podcast, so perhaps future plans have already been mentioned. I'll try and catch up. Barbara, Maryland. Shall I do the PS now, or do you want to answer that and then I'll oh, well, PS? I'll quickly answer. There are no plans at the moment. We're seeing how it goes. We'd love, we'd absolutely love to do more, but see, yeah, see how things go. But anyway, uh, get out there and buy at a girl. That's what I say. Definitely do it. Do it. If you love history, do it. If you don't love history, still do it. It's well worth it's it. Just it's just great. It's drama, something for everybody. You know, it's really, it's really something special. Mm. So Barbara continues here with a little PS. PS, I was also teary-eyed during parts of Wonder Woman and the videos of girls and women watching the reveal of Jodie Whittaker as the new Doctor. 
big moment yeah. huge moment for British television and, and, and characters worldwide as well so hugely excited uh, for Jodie taking on the role there we go that's the emails time now to delve into our big finish competitions uh, the prize was the 10th Doctor Chronicles narrated by the incredible Jacob Dudman uh, doing a great 10th Doctor voice uh, the question was what is the name of Unix's scientific advisor in Planet of the Dead and now for the winner and the answer over to Nicholas John Briggs Hello, yes, here we go, over here with the winning email. Um, there's quite a crowd in here. Well, it's just me, really. Anyway, uh, Unit's scientific advisor in Planet of the Dead was Malcolm Taylor. Keep up the great stuff for the ear things, says Daniel Tout. I don't think it's Toot. Then he gives his address and hopefully he says the right email address for his Big Finish account. But actually it wasn't the right email address. But don't worry, Daniel. I tracked you down by using your name. Yeah, then the email address came out. So that's fine. So the 10th Doctor Chronicles should be in your Big Finish account. Now I put that in your account. And Cheryl Bly in our warehouse will be sending you the CD box set today. Uh, in fact, she, she sent me an email shortly after I emailed her earlier today and said, oh, it's being been sent so congratulations daniel you know hopefully you i don't know whether you you won't have quite received it i think you'll probably be getting it the next day after the podcast yeah congratulations enjoy it but now if you if you entered that one and, and didn't get the prize it's now time for a new competition so here we go with the new competition the prize in this one is Torchwood Believe, uh, which is the latest full cast reunion of the Torchwood team in an already acclaimed three-hour adventure. Get in! Get in. The question, Toshiko Sato is part of the Torchwood team, played by the brilliant Naoko Mori, but her first appearance as that character was in a Doctor Who story. Name that Doctor Who story. Email us with your answer at podcast at bigfinish.com and make your subject line believe. The closing date for that one is Friday the 11th of May in the space year 2018. So there you have it. The end of the competition section. And that's also the end of the email section too, of course. Um, yeah, it's, it's the things come to an end, but they don't really come to an end because it'll be here next week. So hats off to you. Uh, for the emails and hats off to the competition hats ah oh, we like a hat theme we did hatting last time didn't we uh, we did so do hats over didn't we? we go now to the moat studios just the other day in fact the home of our lovely sound engineer and chef toby robinson to have a chat with nicola walker Nicola has the distinction of being in just about everything brilliant on British television at the moment. That's very true. But uh, we at Big Finish know her as Medtech, Med if I, I could only say it, Medtech Livchenka, a character I created for a story called Robophobia, a seventh Doctor adventure from a few years back. I was going to say weeks. <laughs> uh, Big Finish's David Richardson then later suggested we should get her back to travel with the Eighth Doctor. And so I reintroduced her in Dark Eyes 2. And the rest, as is so often said in these sort of things, is history. Since then, she's been travelling with the Eighth Doctor, Paul McGann. And a jolly time she's been having too. Anyway, over to Nicola and me having a chat with her. Nicola Walker, welcome to the Big Finish podcast. Thank you very much. Lovely to be here. That was a very good anticipating smile. <laughs> Is this going to be any good? I don't know. No, I trust you completely. <laughs> um, uh, so you're here doing Ravenous at the moment, aren't you? Yes, we are. Uh, how's yes. that going? It's going very well. We've, had, we've got these amazing characters, the imps. Um, uh, yes, we're under attack by the imps at present. There you go. Yeah. Of course, of course. We're really lucky that you keep coming back to do this. Thank you. No, I, I feel really lucky that you keep asking me, to be honest. I really, really do. The first time I came, I remember going home and um, back to uh, some friends and saying, I've just had the most fun at work. So it's an absolute pleasure. It oh, really is. Bless you. Well, now that's why I want to say. There are set questions for this podcast. OK. Right? And the first question is, um, when did you first meet me? At that it was that first one yes. because and you were um 
Uh, I mean, I knew you know I knew your position in the actual the, the setup of the of, of um, Big Finish, but I didn't realise that you'd be doing voices as well, and you did some Dalek voices uh-huh. that time. Yeah. And I've talked about this before. I'm sorry if I will sort of somewhere along the line I am repeating myself <laughs> um, always, um, but uh, I I remember standing in um, booth number three, and you came in and you had to do some Dalek voices. Not on, not just two. I think you had to do like six or seven Dalek voices and I was standing there thinking well how's he going to differentiate between those and being quite cynical and then I watched you do these completely different Dalek voices these completely different characters for each Dalek I remember thinking I really need to smart my act up on this job they really know what they're doing here (laughs) (laughs) you didn't have to play any Daleks Um, now listen I'm going to slightly correct your memory because the first time oh was it not the first time no the first time you came in and played Liv Chenka for the first time in a story called Robophobia and there were no Daleks in that one there were no Daleks so when was the Daleks well that was the next thing Uh, I think you came in and did yeah Dark Eyes sorry so you directed the first one I did yeah oh my gosh uh and it was a, it was really weird because I think it was a cast that had a lot of Doctor Who fans. In. Yeah, and you, I was terrified, wasn't <laughs> I? I had a look of absolute terror because I read the script and I thought it was such a brilliant script. And Thank she was, you. She was so cool. It. Oh, did you write yeah, it as well? Look, I, I, I'm obviously, this. Yeah. I'd have prepped my answers a lot better if I. You know. <laughs> um, and but, but she was such a great character. I hadn't played anyone like that before, and she was she was so um, powerful and and complicated, and. Um, uh, yeah, I'd comple- I I yes, I've got my da- yeah my Daleks mixed up. Yeah, it's easily sorry, because no, no. I've done quite a few now. You have many, many. Yeah, yeah. I've worked my way up. <laughs> I've, I've clawed my way to being uh, a companion. But I was really David Richardson said to me, "Oh, you know, we must get Nicola back to play that character again." Mm that would just be fantastic it was a good character and she did it so brilliantly because yeah, she wasn't meant to come back was you, you no, hadn't no, written her no. to yeah she was i think there was a point where the doctor kind of wanted you to go with him and you said do you know yeah. what Forget yeah i'm it. busy i've got my stuff to do <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah um but also i was worried whether we'd get you back or not because you had that wary look on your face for the whole two days i because everyone was <laughs> quoting bits of doctor <laughs> who and it's a bit you, you were sort of a bit like what should I be an expert in this? I know, you I'm were very not. kind. I do remember that. I do remember, um, you know, being told it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. You are allowed to be well, here if you're not an absolute aficionado. Well, I could see that look <laughs> on your face because you it was bizarre. Yeah, I'm thinking most of the cast were Doctor they, Who fans. It, they, just by chance. They all really actors. knew their stuff. And yeah. they were quoting and they were <laughs> cross-referencing and it was really impressive. And I was thinking, I don't know if just having read one Doctor Who book when I was young and, and watched some of it on telly uh, uh, qualifies me to be here. I, I really did think you were just going to throw like throw me out, never let me back. This is it. This is this weird thing that people think like there's going to be an exam, you know? Yes. That's not and doing the interview. I don't know anything about it. It's not a test. Like, <laughs> yeah. In what year did William Hartnell? You know, it's not going to happen. Yeah, but you have people that could would be fine with that. <laughs> yeah, it would be absolutely true. fine. I remember the, one of the lovely things about that recording is you had a load of technical jargon to do and you kept messing it up. I said, hold on, I've been watching you in spooks for years. You're supposed to be good at this sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. Went, the secret's out. Yeah. And also, uh, yes, I think uh, I, I always consider that I'm OK. You know, the joy of doing this is that the script is in front of you and you think, I'll be fine. I just read, you know, you read it and you read the story and you prep how you're going to, you know, how you'd like to do it. And you think, well, the words are in front of me. I can read. It will be fine. But there, I, there, was, there were some phrases that were completely impossible. And I've got terrible... I have two problems. I have pronunciation issues and I have emphasis <laughs> issues, both of which um, like regularly get revealed on this on this job. <laughs> Wrong emphasis. Yeah. Um, OK, on to the next set question, which is what's tingling your molecules about Big Finish at the moment? Ah, that's a very good question. Um, I think what I'm... Are you talking about forthcoming projects or why I'm enjoying it at the moment? What? Ever, yes, that. I mean, whatever hits you as a reaction to that question. Okay, at, at the moment, there's a lot of talk about, um, you know, how, import- how important it is to get really good, complicated, interesting roles for women into our, in, into our work in, in this country. And absolutely agree. And I'm, you know, I'm loving the conversation. Um, but what's exciting about Big Finish is it's been doing that for a long time and I find that truly fascinating um, that these stories have always and continue to allow women to play 
very complicated, very interesting, um, a real moral mix, not, you know, not parts where they're so amazing, they're totally unbelievable, you know, all, right through the spectrum. Good, good guys, bad, 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 bad women, um, and everything in between. So I, I think that, I find that really exciting, that this is a world that's always been, uh, you know, it's not even been ahead of the game. It's never, it seems to me that it's, it's just always been more interested in telling a good story. That was David Richardson trying to get in yeah, to contradict yeah. you. To agree, to agree. <laughs> to He's agree. Going, I agree with you, Nicola. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's a textbook answer. Okay, um, it's true, though. The business about the tingling molecules question, it's interesting. You just just answers it straight away. Mm. Some people do about five minutes on what on earth do I mean by tingling of molecules. Hattie was a little bit like that. She's got, it made her laugh. So you just... I don't know what it reveals about anyone, but <laughs> people know. react to it differently. Um, I thought that just meant what's getting, you know, what's getting you... Yeah. What's getting you um, interested, excited, yeah, hopeful. That is precisely what it means. You understood <laughs> okay. it and just got on with it. Okay. Now, I, some people just really almost refuse to answer because <laughs> they think it's such a ridiculous phrase. No, I like that phrase. What's tingling your molecules about entertainment in general? Like a snapshot of what you're loving at the moment. Um, at the moment, I am filming um, uh, uh, a, a detective series, third series of something, if I'm forgotten. Um, and what, yeah, I, what I'm looking forward to is actually having the time to go and see some stuff um, and a bit more time to read some stuff and watch some stuff. Because the, um, the the thing about filming is you go home at the end of the night and you just have to learn your lines. It's, you become, it's quite a closed world for that period of time. And and um, and that's brilliant because you're, you're lost in that little um, world. But I, I, I'm quite looking forward to that being over so that I can have some, some um, you know, have a look at what, what what's going on around me. I feel, I feel a bit cut off at the moment, actually. Um, I wouldn't be able to give you any cultural highlights at the moment because I've I haven't left the house for seven weeks. So I'm quite I'm you know I'm looking forward to to actually seeing what other people are doing. Is there anything you're particularly looking forward to entertainment wise? You want to catch up with something or go and see something? When you're here recording these, um, the the biggest topic of conversation is you know what you're watching, what you've been to see, um, and I am uh, I'm so embarrassed because I, I keep doing that sort of nodding and with everyone going yeah yeah I've heard that's brilliant and then, have you seen that no I haven't seen that have you been to see that no I haven't been to see have you read that no I haven't read that <laughs> I'm back to where I was originally feeling like oh I've got I haven't got any answers to these 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 brilliant questions um but I do um I've just uh, watched I'm late to the movie Force Majeure which I watched two weeks ago and uh, have you seen it no <gasps> I'm slightly obsessed with it. This brilliant Swedish director, he's got a new film out at the moment called The Square, and I, that's the first thing I'm going to see when I get a chance. But Force Majeure is um, uh, it's, something happens on a skiing holiday in the French Alps, and it's a small thing, it would seem, but it, it, this director loves that moment when um, when you, one reveals oneself um, it, 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 when something extreme happens and how it can completely define your personality and... and um, nail you to a tree how you, how you react just in that split second i find that really interesting you know it's not it's not um it's not a huge thriller it's a really uh, ordinary um uh ordinary story that has sort of uh, cataclysmic effects on a relationship mm. yeah it's really yeah, i'm really going to have to seek that out it's really good then. it's right. really good um what is your do you have indeed um, a guilty entertainment secret something you love that you think you shouldn't really oh we all have those don't we mine well, some people say no do they say no i see again i fail in that sort of test um lots of things and it changes all the time and then i feel so i feel so ashamed i think i probably make out that um that i you know oh, i've you know i'm not interested in it anymore but you you, you hit a wall don't you it's usually a television program and it'll usually be something like um what was I was obsessed with um, the auditions for The Voice for for years. I, th I finally I feel like I've weaned myself off that now. But that I mean I I, I put my hands up. I I, ha I used to like sitting there. I would um, actually Tony Gardner, the actor, um, told me that the best way to watch them would be is to turn your back to the screen. You know, create your own button in your living room. And, <laughs> that's and, what they do in the program, yeah, isn't it? In, yeah. So I did that for quite a while. But I feel like that's gone. That's past. I feel like I've I've weaned myself off that. Yeah, I know, because it, it, it is slightly shameful, isn't it? Those uh, For an actor to be obsessed with audition shows, I think there's something, it's just not right. Yeah. Because, 
you know, we our, our lives being made up of having to go and, you know, try and and, and earn a, um, earn a job in the room to then be thrilled um, with that on an entertainment level. I feel ashamed of that. I shouldn't. I shouldn't find that enjoyable. Wow, this is this is the most heartfelt so confession sorry. of shame that's ever <laughs> happened for this answer. It's wonderful. Sometimes I watch the American version on YouTube, <laughs> and on when YouTube. I say yeah, and when I say sometimes, I a lot, a lot. You, you know, in your trailer while you're yes. filming. Yes, <laughs> yes, a lot. Okay, on that sorry. bombshell, sorry. Nicola. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for that. I found that might, that's really helpful. She is fantastic. I love the fact that she makes it sound like I've given her some good therapy in the end there. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the first instalment of Ravenous is out now, of course. Don't yeah. miss it. It's it is. called Ravenous. Got, got, got me copy got here. Copy. Yeah, oh, yeah. very nice. Got three. Got the Candy got three Man in it. Fantastic cast. Got three. Got oh, three, yeah. Nice, three copies. Yes. Come on, go on eBay. There we go. Yeah, don't miss it. Brilliant. And I bet you're glad that you haven't missed the Randomoid Selectatron either. Oh yes, here it is. Key. Oh. That epic music. What do we got? Let's have a look. Oh, it's tense. Tense. I can see the little wheel is the King of the Dead. It's a short trip story. May 2015 short trip story. Fifth Doctor one there with Tegan and Nissa. Oh, brilliant. Let's have a little bit of a listen to The King of the Dead. Big Finish presents Doctor Who, Short Trips, The King of the Dead. There on the floor before the Doctor and Gillian was the figure of a man. He was crouched in a ball, his mask twisted askew, half revealing regular features that bulged with fear. Hello, the Doctor asked softly. At his voice, the man scuttled backwards with an inhuman cry of distress. Gillian frowned. What did he say? The man's lips moved again. Scritch. Terrible scritching, he hissed, shaking as if sobbing. The doctor followed his panicked gaze upwards and then froze. His voice, when it came, was low. Gillian, listen to me carefully. I want you to back very, very slowly out of here. What? Her own voice was loud, sharp. Her eyes followed the doctor's wincing gaze up to a shape in a corner of the ceiling. Glassy, bulging and transparent, it was unmistakably the outline of a large spider. As it gave a tiny start of motion, the ceiling behind it seemed to twist and refract the electric light. It was as if the thing was growing out of the fabric of the building itself. The sound it made when it moved was... Big Finish we love stories. There we are. Yes, this was done. Um, it's uh, written by Ian Atkins, who's now producing the range. And um, but this was produced by Michael Stevens, who worked for Audio Go, who did the BBC's video uh, video audio. And then they went bust horribly. And poor Michael was we. Do you know we we loved and known Michael for a long time, so we quickly gave him a job at Big Finish. And then uh, and then he became head of the uh, the new BBC audio range um, at um, is it Random House or Penguin? Both same thing. Anyway, so brilliant. Um, I don't know it at all. When the Doctor, Nyssa and Tegan arrive in 1980s London, they find the current hot ticket is the King of the Dead, an interactive theatre experience they've inadvertently become part of. Yeah. Right, Quintessential Doctor one? Who. I think I did at the time, actually, but I can't remember it too mm. too too well for some reason. Not that not, it's not memorable, just there's just lots of things I've listened to, but I recognise the cover. Uh, I love I love the uh, the little short trips design with that side strip and the short trips font there with the little stars behind it. Oh, it's lovely. Now it's worth giving uh, the short trips range a go because they're really good as well. Obviously, as the uh, the the title suggests, short trips they're little short sort of listens. You can dip in and dip out without having to hear anything before them, uh, and they're a great price as well. Perfect for commutes. That's what I say. I always mm. love a short trip on a commute. Just, just really enough good. to enjoy and not enough to get too too committed. And really good to hear some early work there from Ian Atkins, who's had such success producing 
uh, more and more short trips. So it, it's, his term is coming to an end soon. He's decided to, to move on from doing that. And uh, as you'll remember from uh, podcasts just a couple of weeks ago, Alfie Shaw will be the new producer. But uh, his stories won't uh, start coming out until ooh, it's, uh, certainly next year. So still plenty of fantastic stuff all planned out and produced by Ian. Anyway, there you are, the king of the dead. Thanks, Ran. Cheers, Ran. Always a pleasure, never a chore. And so, as the podcast dissolves and disperses disappointingly, like a biscuit left too long in a hot beverage of your choice, just time. <laughs> Very true, actually. I, I can't stand as well. I've, I've come, shot the digestives in tea. Just, uh, oh. just like the idea, but it makes the tea taste horrible. Controversial, oh. I know, but it, you know that's the way it goes. Yeah, but anyway, just in time now for Nick to sum up what's emerging through the internet to vibrate your auditory sense biddles. That's right, Benji. That's precisely scientifically accurate. Uh, we're near the end of the month, so there's a lot of stuff out there just waiting for you. And don't forget, if you haven't got the Big Finish app yet, it's free. You order on the website, then you can access it all on your mobile devices on the app. And it's really a beautiful piece of work by our, by our great app developer, Brandon Butler. Big shout out to Brandon. Oh, I don't know what that was. Uh, <laughs> hi, Brandon. Uh, we, we, we hope to see you at Chicago TARDIS this year. Woo-hoo-hoo! Any road up. Blake Seven, Crossfire Part 3. Paul Darrow, Jan Chapel, Michael Keating, Stephen Pacey, Jacqueline Pierce and Yasmin Bannerman. Classic space opera with a beautiful twist. Uh, going great guns with producer John Ainsworth at the helm. At a Girl, our first Big Finish original drama, created and directed by Louise Jameson, produced by Helen Goldwyn and starring the truly stupendous Alicia Ambrose Bailey, who I've now met and worked with. I said I was about to in the last podcast, so I really do know she's stupendous. World War II women pilots, in case you hadn't picked up on the theme. Ravenous One, Arsenal Nil. Stop making that joke. No <laughs> great one joke, it's great funny. joke. Keep it going. Uh, the, fir- the first instalment in another great saga for 8th Doctor Paul McGann with his trusty but complex companions Liv and Helen played by Nicola Walker and Hattie Morahan respectively and Hattie has recorded a podcast interview uh, with me so listen up for that in the coming weeks Doctor Who the Heliax Rift is out there the beginning of a trilogy of unit stories spanning the eras of the 5th 6th and 7th Doctors dive in right now for a brilliant performance from Blake Harrison of the Inbetweeners fame alongside the 5th Dr. Peter Davison. The 10th Doctor Chronicles, Jake Dudman being brilliant with great guest stars, Nuff said. Torchwood Believe and Torchwood, The Last Beacon. Can't beat a bit of Torchwood, which is why we've given you two great chunks of it this month. Seriously, not to be missed. And of course, the third volume of The Prisoner has just gone up for pre-order, I mentioned randomly. Uh, If you get it before the end of July, and if you get in before the end of July and order a CD, you'll get a free copy of the Titan Comics Prisoner with a special cover featuring our very own number six, Sir Mark Elstob, I was going to say. Just Mark <laughs> Elstob. He's not, he's not being knighted. He should be, obviously. Anyway, that's surely more than enough. Thank you, Nick. Nicely done. As always, a great uh, selection there to delve through. So before we share with you the first 15 minutes of Sherlock Holmes' The Last Act by David Stewart Davies, starring Roger Llewellyn, it's time for us to do the trailer. That's right. Hit it! So, available now from Big Finish, a podcast released on the 29th of April in the space year 2018, featuring the following, Benji. Star Cops trailer, Callan trailer, a tribute to Roger Llewellyn, guest star Nicola Walker, and a 15-minute tease of Roger Llewellyn uh, in his Sherlock Holmes' The Last Act. Oh, nice. There we are. That is it in a nutshell. No frills, just lots of nonsense. Um, yeah, I think I think they'll enjoy this podcast. Do you think so, Ben? Good fun. Yeah, absolutely. Get involved. Send us an email. Have a chin wag with us. Put your feet up and enjoy. Well, I don't know. That was a weird trailer. It's different, but, you know, change is good. Change is good. Got to shake it okay. up now again. A bit like a Tic Tacs box. And there you are. So just before we go, um, I've actually got two reminders here. So reminder number one, don't forget that you can read all about Big Finish Productions in our monthly free magazine, Vortex. Free, Free, yeah, you can't knock a freebie. Printed copies are sent out for free. Free! 
with all CD orders dispatched from Big Finish. Uh, Big Finish! (laughs) It's available as well as a downloadable PDF from the front page of our website. Website! As are all the old editions too, if you want to catch up. Come on, catch up. Like it, like that last one. I suspect you to say ketchup. Uh, and as well, reminder <laughs> number two here big finish I day. I prefer brown sauce, actually, not ketchup. Prefer McDonald's curry sauce. Just saying. Um, yeah. Uh, number two reminder here big finish day is at the quad in Derby on the 3rd of November 2018. Nick's going. I'm going. Sylvester McCoy's going. Louise Jameson's going. Jason Hay Gallery is going. David Richardson, Mark Elstob, they're both going. Lots of people are going, so make sure that you're going too and book now to avoid disappointment. Oh, great reminders. Time now to enjoy the delight that is the performance of the late, truly great Roger Llewellyn in Sherlock Holmes' The Last Act by David Stuart Davies. Afghanistan, I perceive. It is a universal truth that we take the good things in life for granted, the good people in life, until they are no longer there. And then we miss them. We miss them very much. You have been in Afghanistan, I perceive. How on earth did you know that? I suppose I should have expected Lestrade of the Yard to be there, but it was still a shock to see him. He looked so old. Stooping now, hair white, what there is of it. Face as pale as... As pale as... Oh, come along, Watson, that's your department. I was never very good with similes. Face as pale as a... Ah, a blanched soldier. <laughs> yes. And there were enough of those on the platform this morning. Pouring off the trains. Blanched soldiers. Pretty pale, anyway, certainly looked ill. In fact, it was hardly worth his leaving the graveside. Inspector Giles Lestrade, Watson. There's been a murder done, Lestrade, and the murderer was a man. He was more than six feet high, was in the prime of life, had small feet for his height, wore coarse, square-toed boots, and smoked a Trichinopoly cigar. He came here with his victim, in a four-wheeled cab, drawn by a horse with three old shoes and one new one on his off-four leg. In all probability, the murderer had a florid face, and the fingernails of his right hand were remarkably long. Mr. how do you do it? Inspector Giles Lestrade, Watson. The best of the professionals. Well, let us say the pick of a bad lot. Oh, he had bulldog tenacity, but he lacked ingenuity which is why he retired merely as Inspector Lestrade. He never learned, did you see? Or, to be more precise, he wasn't prepared to learn. Unlike you, old fellow. You could see what I was trying to do, how I worked as a detective, even if you didn't always fully understand my methods. You learned, you improved. You were my conductor of light. I told you once, there are some people who, without possessing genius themselves, had the remarkable power of stimulating it in others. I should have added that in itself was a kind of genius. You stimulated my thought processes. You provided the obvious, which led me to seek the unusual, pushing me nearer the truth. Without you... Without you, Watson? So, here we are again in the sitting room of 
221B Baker Street, familiar, reassuring, womb-like. Everything in its place as before. My cigars in the coal scuttle, my tobacco in the Persian slipper, my correspondence on the mantelpiece held down by a jackknife, and the dust everywhere. Is my chemicals bench, scene of many a malodorous experiment. You see how I remember your choice phrases, your descriptive little touches. There was that one about the wind sounding like a child sobbing. You had a wonderful way of painting a picture for your readers, Watson. Did I ever tell you that? Oh, let me see. I, I believe it was... Ah, yes, the opening of the five orange pips. It was in the latter days of September, and the equinoctial gales had set in with exceptional violence. All day long the wind had screamed and the rain had beaten against the windows so that even here, in the great handmade London, we were forced to raise our minds for the instant above the routine of life and to recognize the presence of those great elemental forces which shriek at mankind through the bars of his civilization. As evening drew in, the storm grew higher and louder, and the wind cried and sobbed like a child in the chimney. Yes. Yes, it's purple prose, of course. Vivid dressing, which distracted the reader from what should have been the sole purpose of your records of my cases. You couldn't resist the temptation to put colour and, and, and life into each of your accounts, to, 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 to dramatise them, thus ruining what might have been a series of purely scientific demonstrations. You slid over moments of the utmost analytical finesse and delicacy to dwell upon the sensational. The blood, the passion, the wronged woman, the intrigue, these were instructive exercises, and you made stories of them. Oh, and Watson, those titles... The creeping man, the yellow face, the blanched soldier. Ah, the blanched soldier. Now, I... Wait. Never mind. The devil's foot, the... The Sussex vampire? Watson, really? Evidence. V.R. etched in bullet pox in the wallpaper. Well, it was a dull, rainy afternoon. There were no cases on hand. You were at your club. I was bored. I was, as you would put it, in one of my queer humours. Very well, I was in a queer humour. So I sat down with a pile of boxer cartridges and my hair-trigger pistol, and in a sudden wave of patriotism, I proceeded to adorn the wall with a salutary V.R. Victoria Regina in bullet holes. Clear, symmetrical, perfect. You were appalled. Mrs. Hudson was apoplectic. Never have I heard the human voice raised to such a pitch. It is a wonder our window panes did not shatter. But she forgave me. She always forgave me. As my index files, invaluable notes, commonplace books, and a catalogue of biographies. Make a long arm, Watson, and see what W has to say. <laughs> Good old index. W. Now... What would the entry under Watson read, I wonder? Had there ever been one? Watson. John Horatio. Born Edinburgh, 1852. Died... Born 1852. Doctor of Medicine, London University, 1878. Army Surgeon's Course at Netley. Attached to the 5th Northumberland Fusiliers as Assistant Surgeon. Stationed in India during the Second Afghan War. Served in the fatal battle of Maiwand, where he was struck on the shoulder by a Jezail bullet which shattered the bone and grazed the subclavian artery. You failed to record that you were shot in the leg as well, Watson. Brave, but careless. Rescued from the hands of the murderous Ghazis by your orderly Murray, who threw you across a pack mule and brought you to safety over the British lines. Recovering in hospital, you were careless enough to contract enteric fever. Very nearly shuffled off this mortal coil before you reached the age of thirty. Oh, you pulled through, but were so weak and emaciated that the medical board invalided you out of the army. A troopship for home. Well, for London. London? What did you call it? That great cesspool, into which all the loungers and idlers of the empire are irresistibly drained. So cynical a view of this great city of ours, so unlike you, Watson. 
but like all your observations, so very close to the truth. But there you were, with neither kith nor kin, penniless, exhausted, deeply disillusioned. I liked you right away. You were a shadow of a man, living, if you can call it that, on a meagre income of eleven shillings and sixpence a day, and urgently in need of cheaper lodgings, as was I myself. Your chance meeting with young Stamford in the Criterion Bar solved both our problems. Comfortable ones at a comfortable price. Well, that's a dashed coincidence, Watson. You're the second man today to use that very phrase to me. There's a fellow in the chemical laboratory at St. Bart's. He's looking for someone to go halves with him in some nice rooms he's found which are too much for his purse alone. Yes, comfortable rooms at a comfortable price. But Stamford, don't forget the warning. I, I must warn you, I, I find him a little, well, he's a little queer in his ideas. His name is Holmes, Sherlock Holmes. I've no idea what he does, actually. He's well up in anatomy, he's a first-class chemist. A little too scientific for my taste. <laughs> Cold-blooded with it, I should guess. One should never guess, Stamford. Guesswork is destructive to logical reasoning. But despite this awesome caveat, you not only agreed to meet me, wanted to meet me, and did not flinch even after the corpse-beating story. You know, Watson, Holmes' passion for precise and accurate knowledge can be pushed to extremes. I've seen him in the dissecting room, beating the corpses with a stick, to verify how far bruising may be produced post-respiration. <laughs> Poor Stamford. He never realised there were methods in my supposed madness. He was there today. Colonel Stamford now. Well, it was good of him to turn up, wasn't it? Giving up a precious day's leave like that. Looks fit, too. Back, still. Wham, what, straight? We exchanged a few words. Do you know he still remembers our first meeting? Uh, Dr. Watson, may I present Mr. Sherlock Holmes? How are you? You've been in Afghanistan, I perceive. Ah, simple matter. Gentleman of a medical type. With the air of a military man, clearly an army doctor. Recently in tropics, face tanned. But that is not the natural tint of the skin, wrists fair. Haggard complexion speaks of hardship and sickness. Left arm has been recently injured. It is held in a stiff, unnatural manner. Question, where in the tropics could an English army doctor have seen great hardship and been wounded? Clearly in Afghanistan. The train of thought did not take more than an instant. By then, such powers of deduction were second nature to me. It was elementary, my dear Watson. I looked up and down, and what did I see? Tallish fellow, thin as a lath through ill health, but normally well set, beefy even. Neat, military style, moustache, broad open face, honest as the day is long, and, my dear fellow, an indefinable aura of nobility radiating from your shattered frame. I have my eye on a set of rums in Baker Street which would suit us down to the ground. You don't mind the smell of strong tobacco, I take it. I generally have chemicals about and occasionally carry out experiments, uh, malodorous experiments. Let me see, what are my other shortcomings? Ah, I get in the dumps at times, won't open my mouth for days. You must not think me sulky, though I was, of course. Just let me alone and I'll be myself presently. Oh, and I play the violin rather well. Now, what have you to confess? It's as well for two fellows to know the worst before they take rums together. I quite overwhelmed you, but like the soldier you were, you fought back. You told me you had a bull pup. <laughs> Thankfully, you got rid of the messy creature before you moved in. Said you couldn't stand noise. Well, no doubt a veiled reference to my violin playing. I get up at ungodly hours and can be extremely lazy. Well... <laughs> That could be me talking. You were typically frank and honest with me, Watson. More so, I fear, than I with you. I bury my skeletons deep. Though you soon uncovered my little peccadillo, my addiction, as you called it. Morphine. 
sometimes. More usually cocaine, a seven percent solution. It is not an idle pursuit. I need stimulation. Give me problems. Give me abstruse cryptograms or the most intricate analysis and I'm in my element, but... The brain must not be idle. 221B Baker Street. Comfortable rums at a comfortable price. We took them. Our career together had started. Landlady, Mrs. Martha Hudson. An Aberdonian of demure aspect and extraordinary tolerance. Oh, Mr. Holmes. Hmm. A few more words of yours on the subject, Watson. Mrs. Hudson was a long-suffering woman. Not only was her first-floor flat invaded at all hours by throngs of singular and undesirable characters, but her remarkable lodger, I deduce that to be myself, showed an eccentricity and irregularity in his life which must sorely have tried her patience. His exceptional untidiness, his addiction? Ah, to music at strange hours. His occasional revolver practice with indoors. We've done that, Watson. Mrs. Hudson stood in deepest awe of him and never dared to interfere with him, however outrageous his proceedings might seem. I don't think I care for outrageous, unusual, recherche, but not outrageous. You've been listening to a Big Finish production. Oh, yes. Love it. Yes. Yeah, yeah.